We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and by BetOnline.ag, of course. We are very excited. Rohan Kadi, my steadfast, I guess that's a fine adjective. I think my adjective last time was a lot more glowing. Maybe I'll have to go more glowing steadfast next episode. Steadfast works, though. Steadfast does work. Steadfast is very, very fitting, I think. My steadfast co-host and I, Rohan Kadi, are here. We are very excited, even more so than usual, because we are joined by a very special guest, Jabari Davis, host of the Dunks and Discourse podcast, a terrific show, also on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's great if you love NBA talk. It's also great if you love movie talk. I love that you guys put that in there so much. I think it, it adds a lot and makes it such a fun listen, especially when I'm a little NBA'd out. So Jabari, how's it going? Not bad. I appreciate you guys having me today. Oh, absolutely. We very much appreciate you coming on the show. And obviously, outside of the eighth seed out west at this point as we record on Saturday, and this will drop the same day, you know, we're we're looking ahead to the playoffs, right? It's hard not to. Uh, I want to get to your Los Angeles Lakers later in the show. But first, Rohan and I love to get the outsider, I suppose, perspective on the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Bucks. Not exactly an inspiring bubble, but I think that was true for a lot of the very good teams in the league. But I just want to know, to start off here, what are your general thoughts on the Bucks? How do you look at this team? Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on the head right there where it wasn't an inspiring bubble. But, you know, 
if anybody expected a team that had that much of an advantage and no real true reason to push it, you know, for those eight seeding games, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I got something for you. You look, the Bucks. Look, within the last what nine days, they lost. They dropped games to the Rockets, Nets, Mavericks, and Raptors, and nobody, you know, nobody skipped a beat because ultimately, all it's going to come down to is. What is the matchup going to look like? And honestly, how many games are the Bucks going to are going to go in the win it in? Because truth be told, I've been spending the past week and a half trying to convince myself that someone other than the Bucks is coming out of the East, and I just can't. I like the, the, now that we're settled, now that everybody's in, I still have the Bucks coming out. A question that we've really been struggling with, getting to what you were saying about, um, you know, it's it's tough because you know what really matters is the playoffs, but this is just such a unique situation in that. You need these games to really get back into basketball shape, really. So it's like we've been struggling with the uh, question here on the Eurostep about whether these games doesn't matter in the sense that they don't really they don't really seem ready for the postseason yet. Like they don't really show that they're caring a lot versus, you know, just like a normal ramp down of the season before the playoffs, because let's say there was no normal hiatus. This would be. This would be just general routine, right? So you're a really good team and you're just, you, as the postseason comes, you don't play your starters heavy minutes. Who cares if you lose? But this is different. You need to you need to get back into your basketball rhythms after over four and a half months away. So I know like you've been struggling with this question a little bit about the Lakers. So how do you feel about that in the sort of the Bucks perspective? You know, it, it may be that I'm being overly you know, optimistic about it or, you know, uh, myopic about it. But I truly think that those teams were just pacing themselves. I think it's exactly what you said. They were getting themselves into basketball shape rather than focusing on winning. You had coaches that were, you know, think, you know putting lineups out there that were like, oh, well, what do we have there? Or what would this you know combination look like? Uh, and obviously, on the other side of things, you had other coaches that were very much pushing, you know, pushing it. You had teams that were very much pushing it specifically because they had to worry about seeding and they had to worry about simply getting in. Uh, but, you know, and, and I could ultimately be wrong. And obviously, we're going to find out here within the next <laughs> next week or two. Uh, but I, I genuinely believe that, you know, teams like the Lakers, teams like, you know, teams like the Bucks, obviously, excuse me, obviously, and even the Clippers, I, I don't necessarily think that they were pushing it as hard as they, as, as hard as they will be, you know, come in a couple of days. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, it's, I really, what I don't want to do, right, is be a guy who hosts a Bucks podcast, who's like, the fact that they looked bad at points doesn't matter, who cares, they're so good. Like, I don't want to just completely, like, hand wave and ignore all of it, but here's why I'm optimistic. The Bucks were still really good when Giannis played, and they still mm-hmm. won like their minutes. Like if you just look at the on-off net ratings, like Chris's minutes, they won. George Hill's minutes, they won. Even Dante Divincenzo, who played like a pumpkin and not like the fun fairy tale Disney kind of pumpkin, just like <laughs> a plain old pumpkin. Not even around Halloween. It's just like just a pumpkin. Like you're not excited to see it, pumpkin. Um, they still won his minutes, right? Like they got smoked in Sterling Brown's minutes and Robin Lopez's minutes because. He uh, he was out there with a lot of a lot of bench guys, but all the guys who didn't play uh, in their in their real rotation when those guys played, they got killed. But they're like plus eight point six per one hundred possessions in Giannis's minutes. So that tells me, you know, they weren't destroying worlds like normal. They were still getting back into a rhythm, but it's not like they were out there getting smoked with their best guys on. Like if you look at the the lineups, and I think they're like plus fourteen in West Matthews minutes because West really only played with starters. So, like, I think the Bucks starters were still killing it, even if they didn't look as good as they did all regular season. And I think the intensity and, and everything will be certainly ramped up. I do think Milwaukee very much wanted to play, 
like a full rotation tune-up game this last week. And because of Giannis's first is his oral surgery, so to speak, and then his suspension did not get to, I don't know if it'll matter. I think having Orlando first really helps with it not mattering. We'll get to the magic in a little bit. But I, I don't know. I just, it's something to watch for me, but I'm not all that concerned, if that makes sense. Well, the only thing I can say to that is I feel more comfortable in the Bucks making it than I do with the Lakers, and 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 that's putting aside all of my Hollywood Homer glasses and <laughs> like like one hundred percent. As long as Giannis, as well as as well as the you know, supporting cast, are relatively healthy, and it and you you, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, it, it it at least appears as though guys are ready to go. I think they'll be fine. You know, when when you look at the Lakers for your perspective, I know that we're, we're going to go to them later on, so I won't you know spend an extended period of time here. But when you look at them, there is a legitimate concern when you look at the the age of you know some of their you know core players, obviously being LeBron James being you know the main guy, uh, as well as the fact that you know, there are at least questions about the growing heading in. So yeah, look when it comes you know when it comes to the Bucks, you know, look. Just blame me if all of this is wrong. <laughs> take, take, take your anger and your aggression out on me on here on the Eurostep. By the way, I don't just blow smoke and, and Ty, you know this. Eurostep is one of the best podcast names ever. I'm not joking with you. <laughs> like the Eurostep is one of them. But yeah, like if I if I'm ultimately wrong, you'll you'll take you'll take your anger out on me. But I genuinely believe that you don't have anything to worry about, especially against the, the against the Magic. Ty, do we do we know just? Do we know how Wes Matthews is doing? I don't know if we've heard any. So the, I was, I'm glad you you pointed there. So Wes slipped on the game that was played on an allegedly like wet for jumping from the roof. Allegedly, it was wet. It was wet. We don't know where the water was coming from. This is like Slipgate that nobody seems to care about except us. Wes missed all, but he went out in like two minutes into that game. hadn't played since. Although we did hear from Bud, I think after the the Grizzlies game that they, they're expecting all 16 guys to be good to go for game one of the playoffs. So it sounds like they were just being very cautious. And I, I think he did slip. I think it was at least, there's at least a good chance it was because there was some sort of moisture on the floor. But it sounds like they were just being extra cautious and making sure because that what we heard directly after that game was all 16 guys are expected to be ready to play with, with pretty much fully without limitation. So maybe he plays a little less minutes in game one, but it does sound like, yes, all six, which is the 15 regular roster guys and Frank Mason are all expected to be healthy. So it does seem like at least the Bucks do have that going for them. They should have everyone available right off the bat, which obviously is tremendous news. And that is something Bud kind of emphasized after that last game. They, they were saying, like, basically asking him how he thought it went, because obviously it didn't go that well. Uh, and he said, you know, it's it sucks that we lost. And I'm clearly paraphrasing a lot. Bud does not talk like me. Um, not even close. It'd be kind of fun if he did. But he basically said, you know, we would have liked to play better, but our number one goal was being healthy, and we are there. So fingers crossed that everyone is fully set to go for this game one on Tuesday at uh, 1230 Central, I think. I thought it was 130. I think it's 130 Eastern. Wrong. Oh, really? Did I really get caught by that? Yeah, I think you oh, did. I think they tweeted them all in Eastern. I'll pull it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it is Eastern. So yeah, it does sound, Rohan, like everyone is good to go, which is a good sign. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about quickly here, Jabari. A lot of people have said Chris Middleton might be one of the biggest X factors in the playoffs, right? Like if Chris Middleton is this 25 point per game elite scorer at all levels guy he's been for most of the regular season, 
all of a sudden the Bucks become very, very, very hard to stop, especially if they utilize that Chris Giannis pick and roll a lot. If he is, you know, if he was playing a little bit above his station during the regular season and he's not that clear-cut number two, things become a little bit murkier for Milwaukee. Where are you at on Chris Middleton? I'm a lot higher on Chris Middleton than I, you know, than I was in the past. Like I'll, I'm going to openly admit, I was that guy a couple years ago that didn't know anything about him that was saying dumb stuff like, "Ah, oh, yeah, come on, like who, who is this guy that everybody, the guy with the weird, weirdly spelled Chris? Come on, I, like I was 100% guy, that guy. Well, not, not completely, but you know what I mean. I, I, I was not taking him as seriously as his game actually warrants. Uh, it, if Chris Middleton is playing anywhere near the level that he played during the regular season, and you're getting the contributions that you get. Got, you know, for, you know, from the rest of that incredible supporting cast, I think you're going to be okay. So, for when it, so when it comes to Chris, I think he, I expect to see it. Like I, I'm not expecting to see a drop off. I, I I would really like to see him have his. Let's say you know, like you know, the moment that a lot of those Raptors had last year, where it where you know the the the. The narrative on them, you know, was negative simply because they hadn't done it. But then once they did it, it was almost like a, it was almost like it was an expectation. Like, yeah, of course they can do it. I'm look. I, I really do hope. And this isn't me hoping that necessarily that the Bucks win the title. But if they were to, I do hope that we see that type of ascension from, uh, you know, from Chris. We do have to. I guess we should mention uh, we didn't talk about this because uh, we haven't bought it since then. Chris did miss out on his fifty forty ninety oh, season. Oh yeah. By what was it point zero point three, forty forty nine point seven percent? I think he ended on. Ah, that counts. <laughs> was it was it forty nine point seven or forty nine point nine seven? I thought he was like that close, but I'm oh, not, it might I have been point be nine seven. I don't know. It was very I'm close. Here's a quickly. quick nerd thing. Why don't we do two point three point free throw for that these days? Like, I and I I just want to make it clear. I'm not doing this out of favoritism for Chris. I was doing this out of favoritism for Malcolm Brogdon last year uh, <laughs> when I wrote a piece. About the same thing, because really all it does, if the guy is 50% from two, 40% from three, but not 50% from the field, 40% from three, all you're doing is punishing him for taking more threes, right? Like that's where the league is going. It, it wasn't really a big deal back then because guys took so little when it first became a thing. We should probably look at it that way. If you look at it that way, Chris clearly has it, but I digress. I don't know. I I don't as get as fired up about that kind of stuff probably as I should. I mean, it would have been like historic if he got it. He would have been one of the few guys to do it on such high volume, but I mean, it was an elite, like efficient scoring season anyway. So Man, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm sorry. If you are 0.97, you're there, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I, I get it. But come on, just give that man that credit. He, yeah, he, I think he, he missed he out it. by like, what, four or five baskets? He did end at 49.7%. Okay. So, well, the, <laughs> he was going in. He had a pretty bad shooting game his last game of the year. He was going in. I think if he was like two for two and he pulled out, he would have had it. But of course, knowing Chris, like he didn't just take layups, like he was actually pulling up shots and they were not dropping against Memphis. But yeah, I don't know. It was very, very close. It's not, I, I hope nobody is looking at his season differently because he ended up 0.3 off, but who can say, um, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about Orlando for a little bit. I, I don't think this will take long. I don't think we'll see. Maybe Rohan is secretly like a blazing magic fan. I don't think, I don't know. I don't like (laughs) blazing with passion about the magic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe someone who's that fired up about the magic. As you can tell, I just, I don't think any of us think they have a real shot. Orlando (laughs) resonate. That's about it. (laughs) Or it's insane works. Um, But let's throw it to the guests first. Let's be good hosts here. You know, Jabari, when you're looking at just Orlando in general in this series, 
I mean, I, I don't, I'm guessing you don't think they have a real shot to, to beat the Bucs and maybe not even take a game, but what are you seeing when you're looking at this Magic team? Okay, in full disclosure, when you sent me the, when you sent me the notes, right, and you said we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Orlando, my first thought was, why? <laughs> no, no disrespect. I actually mean, why? Because I did, I was like, wait, oh yeah, they're in. <laughs> so again, you know, I, I guess uh, I, I intend no disrespect, but there will be Magic fans that are offended by that. Look, I don't expect them to win a game. If I'm not mistaken, Bo- uh, not Boston, excuse me, uh, Milwaukee swept them in the regular season, and that's included mm-hmm. a game that Giannis didn't even play. They almost won that game by double digits. Um, I don't necessarily see anything changing, you know, like, you know moving forward. Uh, no, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon has the game of his life. You know, uh, Vucevic, regardless of whether he likes being called that or not, he has a game of his life, and they can you know steal one. But truth be told, this is this is going to be a sweep. And I don't, I'm usually the person that's like, hey, you know what? Anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything, cause, because, of course, anything can. This is going to be a sweep. So, Ty, you want to go into all of the uh, injuries that I. Yeah, sure. So, that's really, this is really the bummer. I wish the Magic were fully healthy. I think maybe they could steal a game. Um, this is one thing I, I brought up on a locker room session the last couple days. Uh, I, I don't. I, I wonder if we're going to see more sweeps, especially in the first round, because how many times is like the gentleman's sweep? the bad team wins one of their home games, like they're just really fired up behind the home crowd. We're mm-hmm. not going to get that. So I do wonder if we see more sweeps. I guess we'll see. I could be completely off on that. Um, but so Michael Carter-Williams strained a tendon in his left foot. Uh, he has not played since. And at the last shootout, I believe, I, uh, this is from an athletic article about the Magic, he, was, he had to cut a shooting workout short and at times was wearing a walking boot on his left foot. So MCW might not get a chance to have a revenge game. Aaron Gordon strained his hamstring after getting flagranted by Kyle Lowry. Uh, and he, I don't think, has played since, but he expects to be ready. Fournier missed the final three seeding games with a non-COVID illness. Terrence Ross had to leave the campus temporarily to undergo non-COVID medical tests, uh, which whatever they were, I guess, came back negative. He has not played since leaving the bubble. Fournier and Ross are expected to play, but they haven't played in a while, so they're going to come in a little bit rusty. And, of course, the really sad one, Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL. I don't have it up. And it meniscus, name? I think. Oh, yeah, goodness. So it was really bad. He's he's out for the bubble. So they got some guys banged out there without a couple of key players. It's going to be rough, man. Like Even at full health, I think a, a taking one game would be optimistic. I think the way Orlando plays – is very hard to beat the Bucks. It's kind of like the Pacers. Like, they don't shoot a lot of threes, especially Orlando with the ball and Fultz's hands so much. The Bucks are going to go wide under every single screen. They're going to drop everything. Brook Lopez is going to be in his comfort zone. Uh, we might see him swallow up Vucevic the way Mark Gasol did last year. Oh, my goodness, folks. We have breaking news on the podcast. Oh, my God. New Orleans has dismissed Alvin Gentry. Sources tell Andrew Lopez and me. Well, we're going to have to break this down quickly. From Woj, yeah. Not me. Excuse me. (laughs) This was Woj's tweet. Uh, Alvin Gentry. I I did not get this news. Um, So we'll get back to the magic in one second. But while you're here, Javari, what are your thoughts on Alvin Gentry getting let go by the Pelicans? Not surprised. It's it's unfortunate because... You you look at that roster coming in, and I was optimistic, and I and I wanted you know positive things for them. Obviously, uh, I was a little bit biased with the baby Lakers being on there, uh, but truth be <laughs> but truth be told, I wanted I wanted you know positive things for them. I'm I'm not one of those folks that you know was instantly anti Zion simply because he looked different, or or simply because the league was was pushing it you know a 
little bit, a bit much. We'll we'll, we'll say that. Uh, but you, you look at that, and it, it, if you're David Griffin, you probably want to go ahead and press reset. You know, whenever a new GM comes in, they they always say, well, he's gonna he's going to want his own guy in there. Uh, and whether that's still you know the the case or not. You know, looking at the Alvin Gentry situation, while I think he's a fine, you know, a fine guy, I've actually interacted with him. You know, you know great, you know, great to you know, great in a scrum and all of that. I don't necessarily know that he's the guy that's going to take you over, the, you know, take you over the top or take you to the next level. So when it comes to you know trying to just figure things out, I think this is, I think this is kind of a sign of things to come, and I think they're going to, we're going to see some some roster movement as well. Ty Lu, baby, David Griffin. You know, that would be awesome just because I would love for Ty Lue to not coach the Nets or Sixers, like from a Bucks perspective. I think yes, Ty Lue is a very, mm-hmm. very good coach. Mm-hmm. I think like the fact that people question, like, is he, is he an X's and O's guys? Or like people just say, oh, he's just a player's coach. I mean, come on, man. Like the guy out, like he coached the pants off Steve Kerr in the finals. Like he decimated him in 2016. I mean, this is an excellent coach, an excellent, excellent coach. Please reevaluate what factors you're taking into account when judging a coach. I'll, I'll just, I'll try to keep that as, as I'll just say that. I'll just say that. Like really look at, are you talking about their performance or are you talking about their appearance when you evaluate a coach? If you say Ty Lue might not be an X's and O's coach. He's a tremendous, tremendous NBA coach. Um, I would love if he went to New Orleans, both for the Pelicans and for the Bucks. Like I said, keep him away from the Sixers and Nets, who are both kind of sleeping giants in a way. Um, Sixers but, haven't even fired Brett Brown yet. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, come on, come. On. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Who knows with Philly? They'll Hopefully they'll not. trade they'll trade every star on the roster, but they won't fire Brett Brown. Uh, we're getting so far off track, but I think the Pelicans thing. I think you're right, and typically, like when a new executive comes in, they want their guy. I yeah, will they say, want their guy. It did feel like Gentry had a, a legit shot. Like I, I don't think this was like they were just going to wait a year and fire him no matter what. But they were in pole position to snag a playoff spot. And it's not just that they came up short. Like, like Monty Williams' sons came up short. And nobody is like, we need to fire Monty Williams. It's the opposite reaction. Like, the way they played, even if they had lost one game, the way they played, it inspired so much confidence in the future of their team. The Pelicans were the exact opposite. I mean, they didn't just get beat. They came out flat. They played defense worse than ever. They got blitzed in Zion's minutes. Outside of even the weird Zion minutes restriction stuff, it was just awful. Like, their their effort was awful. They totally blew this opportunity. And going into the bubble, I would not have thought Alvin Gentry would get fired. But after, now that we're through the seeding games, I agree with Jabari. I was not surprised one bit. This kind of felt like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I just, I was surprised. I thought they would give it maybe another year, considering how, you know, young the team is. But I guess yeah. if you're going to have to sign Ingram to a, a big contract this offseason, Zion's already, like, want uh, He's like a win now type player. He's already that good, uh, yeah, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bubble wasn't that inspiring. Uh, no, it wasn't, especially but, um, on the defensive end. Well, yeah, no, let, it was, let, and, like was just, that the heaviest that he that we've seen him? And and I know that weird. I know we get you know sensitive about that, and I'm certainly not a fat shamer. Like I'm a fat guy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but, but I'm also not in the NBA. But th- my man was just too heavy. Which is, it's weird because we had seen, like, photos and stuff, like, before the bubble. It's like, oh, this guy's shredded now. His workout photos look cut. Yeah. And then he just shows up to the bubble and then he's like, oh, okay, I guess not. Like, angles work well for him, I guess. Like, <laughs> angles. 
<laughs> Rohan thinks Zion catfished us. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> now that we've gotten through the most exciting topic possible, thank goodness that broke. Now, like that really spiced up the magic portion of this podcast. But uh, all those injuries, the way they play, like I, like I think I was saying right before we, we got away from it, like Fultz not really being a shooter and having the ball out's going to be really hard. I mean, I've already said, I've already seen said like the Magic's chances to just shoot a lot and make a lot. I think in theory that's fine. I just I don't think they have the personnel to do it. I don't think their offense is ever going to get off the ground. And I mean, even if Aaron Gordon's a hundred percent, nobody's really stopping Giannis if he's banged up. I just I don't think they have a shot to contain the Bucks. Yeah, I think it's going to be like I think Milwaukee's going to run rough shot. I think it's a really good like run up for the Bucks. That should have been the seeding games their chance to get like run up, but. I think this will provide a nice platform for them to beat the hell out of somebody and gain some confidence and momentum. Yeah, you're relying on necessarily like Evan Fournier, um, uh, Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine, what's the one dude to just shoot the lights out? And like, if if that's your strategy to win, like, sure, go for it. <laughs> if those guys beat the Bucks, like, you know what? More power to them because that's never happening. <laughs> Here's one for you. Know. Who would you rather play, the the Orlando Magic or potentially the Blazers? Uh, oh, uh, I'm saying I'm being Magic. silly. Yeah, Magic. <laughs> I'm being silly, like, and, and and I'm being disrespectful toward the Magic once again. Sorry, folks. I don't know who I, you're I, apologizing I, to. Uh, yeah, I, I well, don't there, know how many got Magic like three fans. or four fans out there. Like, you know, there's fam- <laughs> there's family members. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, no brothers of. Nikola Vucevic are tuning in here. If you are, subscribe and leave a five-star review, despite what we've said. Um, <laughs> I want to get to the Lakers in a second. Just another team infinitely more exciting. I feel bad. I mean, the, the, the Magic, they're bad, but, like, they try to win. Like, they made the playoffs a couple years in a row. Like, good for them. That's what you should be doing. It's a, kind of a bad luck team. I like the Fultz acquisition. I I just, I'm sorry. This is not the year for me to get fired up about caring. I like a one do too, but this is just not yeah. the year for me if to If Isaac fired gets up. healthy, Mo Bamba gets healthy, like, um, Isaac more than Bamba. Yeah. I mean, obviously, both should get healthy, but Isaac's a more intriguing prospect. Um, but Fultz as well, if he can figure it out. Like, they, they have a good core. They, if In a couple years, if they all hit, they can be a good team. Just they're not a good team right now. They're yeah. they're gonna get rolled. <laughs> they are. They are. But uh, again, I don't have a good segue. It's hard to segue into a day of the week. But Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket TV. You folks can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. With those, you will never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. With no fans in the buildings, this will be your best chance, your best way to enjoy NFL football. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use that promo code BLUEWIRE for 15% off. That's a nice discount, folks. Uh, And speaking of good deals, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you would never believe. They have more than 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction. But every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker, no NFL pun intended, is that that auction clock resets after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everybody else has just 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. 
if you go ahead and buy now. Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. All you need to do is go to DealDash.com and use offer code Euro, G-Y-R-O, of course, or DealDash.fm slash Euro. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash Euro. Okay, let's get to the, the another fun part of the podcast. We had fun part magic, fun part magic, fun part. I'm just, Orlando's catching so many strays, my goodness. Um, let's talk about the Lakers. I think the Lakers are fascinating. They've been fascinating all along. They were better than I expected. I wasn't one of the, like, they'll finish 10th in the West, LeBron is done people. But I had real questions. I mean, LeBron is getting older. He didn't play as well last year. They had a whole new team they had to integrate. It turns out, like, probably should have seen this coming, it's a LeBron team. It's pretty simple, right? Like, LeBron's got the ball a lot. AD can wreck teams when LeBron doesn't have the ball. It's been – that's worked sometimes, not worked well other times. But, like, when they're really trying to win games, it's not a complicated formula. Like, everything – everyone gravitates around LeBron and AD to a lesser extent. Jabari, I want your take, uh, like, both on the year total and then factoring in how they looked in the bubble. How are you feeling about your Lakers this season? Well, <laughs> well, interesting. I felt better about them uh, prior to the layoff. I'll tell you that. Um, <clears throat> no, going heading into the year, I I was optimistic. I was hopeful. Actually, I'll say hopeful. But like you know, actually like some of the detractors, I was one of those folks that was like, man, LeBron, thirty five years old, coming off of the, you know, a catastrophic injury of that nature. You just never know. And being a 40 plus year old person, I, I, you know, I, I was factoring in, man, you know, growings are tricky, you know, things and things of that nature. You just never know. And then they came out and just did, you know, wreck shop <laughs> and, uh, you know, were right on pace or, you know, just behind the pace of the bucks. So they looked great. Uh, and, and, and those that last weekend heading in, you know, headed into the uh, pandemic, I guess, or you know, the pandemic break. Uh, th- that was the pinnacle. And, and I thought, OK, you know what? We're right there. We're ready to go. And forgive me, I'm one of those fans that that acknowledge that says we. So, uh, so I, I mean no offense to you know to the folks out there. Uh, but when they came back, I you know again I thought okay, as long as everybody's healthy, they should be good. And then all of a sudden, you know, Alex Caruso he's got a back and a neck injury, my neck, my back, all of that good stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> I never need to hear that in context of Alex Caruso again. <laughs> I apologize. I don't. I'm not really sorry, but I'm. I'm gonna be polite and apologize. Uh, you know, Alex Caruso's got his. Uh, you know, his situation. Um, LeBron misses a game. They look a little bit, you know, disheveled. But ultimately, I, I still do think it's gonna come. It's going to come down to just like what you said. If LeBron is healthy and he's ready to go, let's see. You know, you know, give him the ball. Get out of the way. Uh, that obviously, you know, not 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 fully, not to the point where it was with Cleveland a couple years ago when they made that run. But everything does still center around LeBron. So if he's if he's there and he's ready to go, you know, day one of the playoffs, I feel good. If he's not, if he's still looking, you know, a little bit slowed or a little bit tentative or whatever the case may be, whew, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting ride. The yeah. one thing that concerns me necessarily about the Lakers is, um. It, well, that concerns me in the sense that it's it it'll hinge a lot on Anthony Davis's three point shooting, in my opinion, because you know as as you know they they have to play with a traditional center for a bunch of minutes per game. Uh, what is it around twenty minutes a game they play with the, either Javale or Dwight? Yeah, it's around, going down, but it's right around there. Yeah. Yeah. So especially when you have a, a center in there with AD, and then you have LeBron. A lot of the times when, you know, JaVale or Dwight are on the floor, you're going to have AD spaced out, 
right? Mm-hmm. So if he's hitting his threes, then, you know, you, you shake your hand at the opponent and say, good job. You know what? Like, we can't be beaten necessarily. But if he's not, that's when it starts to get a little interesting because then you're going to have to maybe go to a lot of Davis at the five minutes, uh, which, you know, have been great. Um, but is he willing to necessarily bang with those bodies down low a lot? Is is LeBron going to be able to like, keep up with that? I mean, obviously his track record is showing that he can. But again, like you're saying, he's getting up there. If he's uh, in age, if he can't, what does that mean? So I think a lot of it hinges on Davis's three-point shooting end. Uh, let me see this right here. He's, He's uh, 33 on the year, 33 on the year. And especially in, in the bubble, he hasn't, he's been a little, little iffy. Um, he started off red hot. I feel like in the last couple of games where he, he kind of trailed off like their last, yeah. like, uh, his, his last seven games, he's shot 29.2% from three. So see, that's not really going to cut it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I think my thing with AD is like I think he just needs to be consistently great. Even if the threes aren't falling, I think they can still like beat just about anybody, but like he has to be like 30 points and a lot of rebounds a night, especially if they're going more toward him at the center. Like he can't have like sometimes he'll have these games I feel like where he just kind of he's quiet, you know, he sort of he doesn't get in rhythm. He ends up with like 15 points or something like that. I think he had like an, an eight or nine point game in the bubble. And I know they haven't really cared about the bubble, but I think even in the regular season, like some of these games where they they were sort of trying, he'd just kind of fade away in the background a little bit. And what, that's fine when you're, you know, you're the best guy in the Pelicans and you're going for 45 wins and maybe you make the second round. You can't really do that if you're the second guy on a LeBron team, an older version of LeBron team trying to win a finals. Like he needs to, in the playoffs, in the series that matter, he needs to be there every single night. Like he needs to keep them afloat whenever LeBron is sitting. Like they, that's always been something with LeBron teams. So often they just get killed when he sits. I think it's, even if they're like good and deep, I just think it's so hard to adjust. Like you're so used to playing LeBron centric. He's not there. I think it's really hard to fill that void. They need to at least try, like they need to at least tread water. And I'm not really, I don't like, there's like this cute thing. Like, Oh, the Blazers going to push them. No, they're not. The Blazers like, Dame has to drop 60 every game because the Blazers cannot defend, like, average teams. They certainly won't defend the Lakers. Um, Nurk is very good. Who knows? But I don't think it'll be a very competitive series if the Blazers get to eight. But I, I just think, like, AD needs to just be great every night. And I'm thinking of the Clippers series mostly. Like, the second round, they might get pushed to. There's some really good teams out west. But the Clippers, man, I just, like, they have so much they can throw at LeBron. Like, everyone is fixated on the fact that they don't have a great traditional center. They have some options there, but they just have so much they can throw at LeBron. And if their strategy ends up being, like, Kawhi and somebody, some, like, Kawhi's going to guard LeBron and somebody's going to help almost the whole series, I just think that's going to end up putting a lot of pressure on Anthony Davis to be truly phenomenal because we know how great of a defender Kawhi is. I don't know. That series, I really hope both teams get there. I just think it's going to be so phenomenal to watch. That's such an excellent point about AD. And by the way, um, I, uh, you know, Rowan, you know, to your question about whether AD will play at the five, you know, it's funny. He, the the narrative out there, no, actually, you know, he he said it with his, you know, it's come out of his own mouth about they didn't necessarily want to be a five. I think that's more, you know, geared towards like banging and doing that over the course of eighty-two rather than worrying, you know, worrying about it in in, in a sixteen or you know, obviously in a playoff run. 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's up to nearly like 50% of his minutes, you know, with the Lakers have been, have, have ultimately been played at the center position. So I do think that, you know, especially in the postseason, I think we're going to see even extended minutes like that from him. But, you know, tied to your point, you're right. He has to be consistently great. And it's funny because I'm usually torn between on this because it, I love the inside the NBA guys. I love that show. Obviously, I've been watching it you know, since its inception. Uh, but I generally hate it when they start going with the you know the the two you know the the, the antiquated you know he needs to have you know this number this number this number every barbecue game. chicken yeah, Chuck yeah yeah he needs twenty eight <laughs> thirty five but let's be real Anthony Davis needs to play like that he needs to, I don't care what the number ultimately is he needs to be that dominant especially in a in a in a series against the Clippers you might be able to get away with him just giving you his averages against the Blazers and get away with it you might be able to do that against another team get away, but against the Clippers or the Bucks or any any team of that level, he's going to have to be consistently great. And it, and and to that point, even further, it's something that he's actually acknowledged. Like it, this isn't something that he was guilty of a lot in the regular season, but there were a few games here and there, and we saw actually there were two of those games in the bubble where it's like, hey, look, come on, you got to get it going before the third quarter. You can't just wait. This is not the Pelicans. You're at the big time now. You're not. You're you're no you're, you're no longer in New Orleans. You are on a cha- You are on a team that is expected to you know to to not just make a championship run, but win a championship. So. He's saying all the right things now about, you know, I know I need to, you know, I know I need to be there. I know I need to bring it. It's just going to be a matter of, let's see if he does. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be a phenomenal playoffs all around. I think we got a lot of good first round series coming up. Um, is there anything else that any of you guys want to tackle quickly before we head on out of here? I mean, I don't want to do the Bucks versus Lakers thing yet. I think yeah. let's, let's wait until we get to that finals. Yeah, let's wait. Let's see if we can get there. Then we can reconvene and, and go more deep. So I don't. We don't need to do that right now. Is there any other last minute stuff though that Jabari you want to touch on, or are we are we good to go? Is there here? is there any way that you prefer, uh, like not prefer, but is there any way the Grizzlies are a better matchup against the Lakers than the Blazers as we record before the play-in game first one? Well, for the Lakers, I think the Grizzlies are a better matchup simply because they're young. You know, they're younger. They haven't been there, and yeah, I know that the, you know that can work in a team's favor for short bursts. You know, like if you just don't know any better, you don't know that you're not supposed to be that good. You you can get you can jump out and surprise a team. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen in a, in a seven game series. If Jaron Jackson Jr. were there, I, you know, I, I I'd be a lot happier about the you know, the prospect of that situation. You know, coming to fruition. But truth be told, I I just don't see the Grizzlies beating you know uh, beating these Blazers twice in order to get there because if I'm not mistaken the Blazers ended up getting the eighth right they did they did so yeah I I don't see it happening I could be wrong and you know what Grizzlies fans let me know on the timeline if I am um (laughs) but I I still think and and this is actually a testament to the coaching staff there's a testament to Ja there's a testament to the you know those players they're not just a year ahead they're two years ahead of where I expected them so you know I I give them credit for their run and if they ultimately make it in you know hats off to them but I think they're going to fall short shout out Taylor Jenkins former bud coach uh, Darvin Ham might be the next one to do it. He's uh, he's getting some. Nah, looks they can't. They can't. Teams. They can't take away the ham sandwich from us. I would prefer to keep him too, but hey, it it, it looks good for the Bucks if they. That's in two years, All the best they for Darvin two, Ham. Hopefully, he gets yeah, a head coaching he, job. He deserves it. Darvin Ham's son was actually doing some basketball off stuff with the herd at one point. Was Fun he really? Fact. Yeah, he was. Oh, good for him. Yeah, the ham, the ham family out here flourishing. Um, but I think that the great question, Rohan, I, I think I agree with you, Jabbar. I mean, it, and just like to be simple about it, to be like the talking head guys about it, I think there's some truth to this. 
Nobody wants to play Dame right now, man. Dame nope. is Dame is on fire. Dame is beating teams by himself. The Lakers are going to have a little bit of trouble guarding him. I still think Portland's defense is too leaky, but it's yeah, avoiding terrible. Dame it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's some truth to some of the mellow narrative. That's all. I don't want to get into this whole can of worms right now. I think I think we when uh, he when he missed that three and Karis was bringing the ball up, I was like, oh no, Melo is about to get <laughs> slammed. <laughs> he, he really was. Um, but we are we are right up against time here. So Rohan, I'm gonna hand the ball off to you. Take us home, man. Okay. Well, first Jabari, you wanna you wanna do some plugs? Oh man, again, I, I really do appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I, again, I don't blow smoke. It's a lot of fun. Anytime, ask. Let me know. I'm I'm down to join. Uh, as they mentioned, I'm on you know I'm on the Blue Wire uh, Pods Network as well. Uh, Dunks and Discourse. My guy Josh is great. We have a great time each you know each week. We actually do two two episodes a week where we're speaking you know talking about basketball. We do get into some you know some social commentary here and there if something big enough is in the news. But in particular, we also will talk about you know entertainment world and you know TV shows, movies, things of that nature. So anybody that you know wants to check that out, if you if you weren't offend, too offended by me on this uh, appearance, uh, Jabari Davis NBA, and then you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. And to all of the listeners, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you tell your family and friends about the show as well, and make sure to check out all of the content being put out across the Blue Wire network. Uh, once again, make sure to check out Jabari on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. And again, listen to the Dunks and Discourse podcast. It's great, it's phenomenal. Just you'll, you'll enjoy it, I guarantee it. Uh, Ty and I will be back with you all after game one against the Magic. I guess we can touch on that. We are going to try and record a pod after every playoff game. Uh, right, Ty? Yeah, yeah, that is the goal. We are going to break them down, break down all of them, at least in some detail. I mean, yeah, we, uh, we're excited, though. We're excited for another hopefully deep playoff run, and we'll be here with you listeners every step of the way. Yeah, so we will touch base with you all after game one against the Magic. But before I let you go, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all of the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they have to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.